Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. CBS Mornings on this first Friday in May. You made it. I'm Tony DeCopel. I'm Nate Burleson. And I'm Jerika Duncan. Great day. Gail is off. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Here's today's eye-opener, your world in 90 seconds. Everything that Vladimir Putin wanted has essentially backfired on him. Another way to put it, everything Vladimir Putin didn't want is happening. Attempts are underway to evacuate civilians from Mariupol while Russia bombards a steel plant. The markets have their worst day in years as the Fed works to keep the economy on track. Our U.S. economy could veer off that road and land in a recessionary ditch. And we spoke to Hillary Clinton about the possible long-term consequences if Roe v. Wade is overturned. You have no idea who they will come for next. Karine Jean-Pierre will officially become the first black White House press secretary. Jean-Pierre will replace Jen Psaki. Sorry, Diego. Are you? <laughs> A suspected terrorist attack in Israel. At least three people were stabbed to death and four more wounded. Game of Thrones fans, listen up. A new trailer for the prequel is full of intrigue and dragons, of course. Jamie Foxx reportedly rushed to help Dave Chappelle when he was attacked on stage. Now, check out his spot-on impression of his fellow comedian. All the other comedians just stood there. Wait a minute, die! It's like to take over. I'll see you, Chris Rock. It'll never happen. The stock market takes a nosedive after the Fed announced a 0.5% increase in the interest rate. We have a good chance. To, to have a soft or softish landing. Anytime you have to add ish to something, I don't feel reassured anymore. Yeah, this roller coaster is safe-ish. These clams are fresh-ish. Yeah, baby, we're monogamish. You know how this is going to end. This morning's eye-opener is presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle insurance. Oh, boy. Noah's right again. Welcome to CBS Morning. Trevor's on fire right now. Yeah, he really is. Uh, Drika, glad to have you with us. Glad to be here. Happy early Mother's Day. Thank yeah, you. Yale's already off celebrating, and we got a great show for you today. No ish about it, including looking how the war in Ukraine could affect the cost of bread. Right here in the U.S., prices have already surged and are set to go even higher. Scott McFarland shows us how it could affect bakeries in your neighborhood. Plus, Anthony Mason talks to fast-talking actor Ben Schwartz, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. You may know him for playing some shadier characters. You kind of made a career 
out of playing slippery people. Ooh, define slippery. <laughs> I want to see how you navigate this. Define slippery. Come on, you know what I mean. I would say, you know what I love to play? I love to play the uh, arrogant idiot. I love to play the idiot that has no idea he's not nailing it. Anthony looks at Ben's rise in comedy, starting as a humble page for David Letterman. Looking forward to that. We're going to begin with the news this morning and breaking news in Ukraine, where soldiers trapped inside a Mariupol steelworks may be making their last stand against Russian forces. A Ukrainian military drone filmed gigantic explosions rocking that plant, the last holdout in the city that Russia now controls. British intelligence believes there's new urgency for Russia to seize that facility for propaganda reasons. Charlie Daggett is in Ukraine for us once again. Charlie, good morning. Some soldiers making a last stand there, but there are new efforts to help civilians who are trapped in Mariupol. Good morning to you, Tony. Yes, we can confirm an evacuation is currently underway as we speak, and it is going well, according to the Red Cross. They're reluctant to share any details until everybody is out safely. In between the bombing and the bullets at the besieged steel plant, rescue teams have somehow managed to evacuate almost 500 civilians. Yet the gun battles have continued, and a Russian separatist commander says Ukrainian forces have run out of ammunition. By the 9th of May, we'll try to take it all, he said. That's Victory Day, when Russia celebrates the defeat of Nazi Germany, conquering Mariupol for good would hand President Putin a badly needed trophy at a horrific human cost. Survivors describe a living hell, and many are psychologically scarred by their ordeal, International Red Cross spokesman Chris Hanger told us. When our teams met these civilians, they were obviously uh, devastated. They've not seen the sky for over two months, and, and the moment that they, they got out, they saw uh, their city, their home, uh, destroyed, completely destroyed. So some people were asking actually for a priest. Some people were, were just crying, and some people were just, just silent. 25-year-old Tetiana Anna Trotsack cuddled her dog Daisy and marveled at the blue sky and bright sun. I hope there will never be any kind of booms here, she said, just fireworks and thunder. Having survived the Russian onslaught in Bucha herself, Yana Melnichenko drove down here to meet her brother and mother who fled from Azov just north of Mariupol. Can you describe what it was like there? It was hard. We didn't have any water, no internet connection. We were hiding in the basement, Alexei told us, and the Russians looted the supermarkets. Is the whole family back together now? Yes, she says this is the best day. And yet this whole region is bracing for much darker days to come. Now, the Pentagon has confirmed that the U.S. has been sharing intelligence with Ukrainian forces since this conflict began. We have now learned that some of that intelligence was used to help sink the Moskva battleship last month. Officials tell CBS News U.S. intelligence provided the location of the ship in the Black Sea, but had no role in the decision to strike it. Jerika? Charlie Daggett and our CBS News crew, thank you.
Israel is on edge this morning after another deadly attack blamed on Palestinians. Three men were stabbed to death and four others were put in, were hurt rather in a town near Tel Aviv. Last night, police are still searching for two suspects from a town in the West Bank. Israeli Prime Minister called the suspects terrorists and said they will pay the price. It's the latest in a series of attacks on Jewish, Jewish Israels over the last two months. Israelis, rather. Here at home, new concerns over inflation led Wall Street stocks to have their worst day in two years. A huge sell-off yesterday erased all of the gains from Wednesday, the market's best day since 2020. All the major indexes made big up-and-down moves after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by half a percentage point to fight inflation. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger is here, and I'm glad she's here because we have a lot of questions to jump right into it. So the stocks jumped Wednesday um, after the announcement, and then yesterday, why the huge sell-off? I think that what happened at the Fed meeting day was that people said, oh, the Fed's not going to raise rates by 0.75 percent. It's just going to be 0.5. Right. And they kind of got excited and happy about that. Drove stocks higher. That's why I said yesterday morning, check your 401ks this morning. But yesterday, after more thought, I think the same issue remains. Can the Fed raise interest rates by enough to kind of clamp down on inflation without throwing the economy into a recession? And that's the big question, and that's making people nuts right now. It's been a rough year for the stock market, even before yesterday. So what do people do with their money out now? Are there safe places to invest? Okay, a couple of things. Number one, take a deep breath. If you're a long-term... Don't panic. Yeah, well, I mean, you can panic, but you got to calm yourself down okay. because we don't want you to act. If you're a long-term investor... This is actually not bad news. You're going to put new money in. You're going to buy shares at lower levels. Things are on discount Very 10 to 20% from, from the beginning of the yeah. year. However, if you need your money within the next year, you've got to make sure it's safe. It cannot be at risk. Maybe you made a mistake. You had too much at risk. you got to get that money out, and you want to put it in someplace safe. So you're talking about those that are thinking about retiring or maybe sending the kid well, to school? Well, let's or... just think of it two ways. One is, if I'm about to retire, I may not want to go to cash because my money's got to last me 20, 30 years. Mm. But if I need to write a tuition check, I've got to get that money out of risky assets, put it in something safe. What's safe? A checking, a savings, a money market. You get the best rates by using an online institution. If you don't need your money for one to five years, I encourage people to go check out the government savings bonds that are linked to inflation, I-bonds. Mm. On Monday, the Treasury Department announced that I-bonds can be purchased with a 9.62% guaranteed interest rate. You can buy 10000 guaranteed, my friend, by Uncle Sam. And by the way, you can buy $10,000 per calendar year. So check it out, treasurydirect.gov. I love it when you join us. Dollar, dollar, Jill, y'all. Thank you so much. Sure. Take it a deep breath, Jill. Thank you very much. Also, I-bonds. Good to know. All right. Moving on, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton is weighing in on the potential decision of the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. In fact, she told CBS Evening News anchor and managing editor Nora O'Donnell, it's about abortion rights, yes, but also more than abortion rights. This opinion is dark, it is incredibly dangerous, and it is not just about a woman's right to choose. It is about much more than that. And I hope people now are fully aware of what we're up against, because the only answer is at the ballot box to elect people who will stand up for every American's rights. And any American who says, look, I'm not a woman, this doesn't affect me, I'm not black, that doesn't affect me, I'm not gay, that doesn't affect me. Once you allow this kind of extreme power to take hold, you have no idea who they will come for next. 
Janet Chamlian joins us now from Texas with a look at another major issue in this debate, abortions using pills. Janet, good morning. Jerika, good morning to you. Right now, the laws on a medication abortion really are a patchwork from state to state. But if abortion is no longer constitutionally protected, a lot of women could lose access to it. A medication abortion is two medications used together to terminate a pregnancy, generally within the first 10 weeks. The pills are taken over two or three days. It's the most popular option in 2020, making up more than half of all U.S. abortions. What are you seeing in terms of demand for medication abortions? We're seeing a huge increase in demands. Christy Pitney is a telehealth abortion provider licensed to prescribe the pills in five states and the District of Columbia. Our rights are not medication abortion is seen as the next battleground in the abortion battle. 19 states have already banned telehealth abortions, requiring a clinician be present when the woman takes the medication, including South Dakota. Right now, two appointments are required for a medication abortion, one for the initial consultation and one to receive the medication. Some lawmakers want to mandate three appointments, the consultation and one for each of the medications. This woman is the clinic director. Because it is already a very huge lift to have these women come back for two appointments, come back after their um, informed consent, then asking them to come back to finish taking the medication that they have been taking at home safely for years, and there is no medical reason. In other cases, women are using overseas providers like the aid access in Austria, which sends the medication from pharmacies in India. Pitney works with that group and says interest has soared. Monday was 1,290 visitors. Tuesday was 38,530 visitors. So it's really significant. Aid Access says many of the inquiries that it's been fielding over the last few days have been women wanting to get the pill prescribed now, not because they need it now, but just in case they do in the future. Jerika. Janet, thank you for your reporting. Turning now to a big development in the fight against the coronavirus, the FDA has announced it's putting strict new restrictions on the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to the risk of rare but potentially life-threatening blood clots. Now, it's only recommended for people who cannot get another vaccine or won't otherwise be vaccinated. This comes as COVID cases are rising nationwide and the U.S. nears a incomprehensible one million deaths from COVID-19. For more on all of it, we're joined now by White House COVID-19 response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha. Uh, Dr. Jha, thank you for being with us this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me here, Tony. So the country's been on quite a journey, and the CDC's been on quite a journey with this Johnson & Johnson vaccine from approval to guidance in December and now new guidance. What's behind the latest information? Yeah, so, Tony, there's not any new data that's driving this. What you're hearing from the FDA is we do know of this very, very rare side effect uh, called TTS. And what this is is a clot that some people develop. It, it, you know, it happens about three in a million, so very rare. Um, so what they're suggesting is that given that people have good alternatives, Moderna and Pfizer, two excellent vaccines that don't have this rare side effect, uh, that they're strongly recommending that people uh, get those instead of getting the jam. In retrospect, did we not do enough testing ahead of time? 
No, it's a very good question. These are very rare side effects. Again, just to put this into context, uh, a, a bad side effect from this vaccine is far rarer than the, the bad side effect from taking a daily aspirin. So it's not like we're talking about something that uh, uh, would have been easily picked up in a clinical trial. Uh, the, these were large clinical trials that were done. These, this rare side effect wasn't seen. Again, I, I still believe this is a very good vaccine. The point the FDA and CDC are making is uh, because there are alternatives that don't have this, uh, people should you know, consider getting one of those instead. Dr. Jha, we've got Mother's Day weekend ahead of us. People are going to be gathering on Sunday, uh, and it comes at a moment uh, that the country is approaching one million fatalities at a minimum tied to COVID-19, and case numbers are on the rise. So what guidance, if any, do you have for families looking to get together this weekend? Yeah. So first of all, this uh, million deaths, we've been tracking uh, that, that, you know, depending on, on which uh, measure you use, Hopkins or uh, the CDC, at some point this month, we're going to hit that one million mark. Just a really uh, ho uh, catastrophic, uh, horrible uh, mark for our country. Uh, and I, I think we're going to have to make sure that we as a country resolve to do better moving forward. Uh, in terms of this Mother's Day weekend, uh, what we've learned, you know, over the last two years is we know how to gather safely. If you have people who are vaccinated, and boosted. It's, it's much, much safer. Uh, if you're with a high-risk person, let's say an elderly person, uh, I still recommend getting a test beforehand. It, it reduces your risk. The good news is we can gather safely if we do the things that we've learned over the last two years. That is good news indeed. Dr. Ashish Jha, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, former Defense Secretary Mark Esper is talking to Nora O'Donnell for this week's 60 Minutes and giving new insight about what it was like to serve in the Trump administration. In a new book, Esper says former President Donald Trump seriously proposed bombing Mexico while he was in office as a way to stop drug cartel cartels. He also describes a plan proposed by one of Trump's top advisors to send 250,000 troops to the southern border to stop caravans of migrants. Take a listen. And I told this story to uh, General Milley and my chief of staff. I said, let's be safe. Let's just check and make sure that this isn't being worked somewhere in the building. And Milley comes back days later and the door opens up and he's waving a document in his hands. And he says something like, Secretary, you're not going to believe this. And that's when he explains to me that, yes, they were working, that we had developed a plan, initial concept of how this might happen. And I was just flabbergasted that not only was the idea proposed, but that people, people in my department were working on it. Well, Esper says he ordered those plans to be halted. You can see uh, more of Nora's complete interview with former Defense Secretary Esper this Sunday night on 60 Minutes. And then Monday, he will join us live here on CBS Morning. Looking forward to both those guys. Definitely yeah. looking forward to that. A severe weather threat could affect up to 43 million Americans later today. It includes the potential for tornadoes from Alabama to Virginia. Join us now as meteorologist Stephanie Abrams from our partners at the Weather Channel. Stephanie, Mother Nature does know that it's Mother's Day weekend, <laughs> right? I know. I'm, I'm trying to talk to her here. The beginning of the weekend's not so good, but it does improve. But we have to get through this severe weather first. And we're talking all hazards at play. Hail, damaging winds, and lightning, which, of course, can heat the air it passes through to 50
50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's five times hotter than the surface of the sun. So we've got the storms, our Torcon value, the higher the number, the greater the threat. It goes from one to 10. We have threes and fours on our map. And as we go through the day today, those storms will go through Georgia, the Carolinas, on into the mid-Atlantic as well. And we need the rain in Charleston. We're nearly five inches below average. Then, of course, the big derby this weekend. Thankfully, the weather will be cooperating. And, of course, you can catch all-day coverage featuring our virtual view technology on the Weather Channel Network. And, Nate, there is a horse with a weather-themed name. Summer is tomorrow. I'm putting all my money on that guy. All right. So am I. If you're betting on it, I'm betting on the horse, too. All right. <laughs> Stephanie Abrams, thank you so much. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.